Welcome to the History of California podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Maddox. I have a lot of exciting updates for all the listeners. Um, I just want to let everyone know that uh, the newsletter has been really amazing, a great way for me to uh, share out interesting tidbits about history uh, every Monday morning. If you're interested in signing up, uh, you can look below in the details of the link that is in the show notes below uh, to sign up for that newsletter. Also, uh, this month we're ha- I'm going to be recording three interviews with uh, three exciting guests. Uh, I'm very excited for all of these interviews. They're with uh, people whose opinions I really respect and have a lot to share. So uh, I'm looking forward to having uh, them come on and share about California's history. And then finally, make sure you, uh, if you haven't already, uh, give us a, a rating and a review. It really helps us to uh, spread this podcast uh, far and wide. And then if you can, support us on Patreon. Uh, even a dollar a month can go a long way to helping this podcast be sustainable. So today we're going to be meeting Jedediah Smith, who is an early explorer and trapper, um, and one of the first people uh, to go overland uh, from the United States uh, into the Mexican territory of Alta California. Um, and he has a lot of exciting adventures that we're going to go over today. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. Let's go meet Jedediah Smith. This week we're going to talk about explorers. When we think about explorers, and when we think about explorers in the context of the United States, we think of Lewis and Clark floating down a river in a canoe with Sacagawea. We think about men's with beards and raccoon skin caps. But we don't often reflect on the fact that many of these early explorers were exploring land in another country. It's roughly the equivalent of saying that you're going to explore the uninhabited northern parts of Canada and claim anything you find and kill any animals that you happen to come upon. Well, in some sense, I am exploring things that are new to me. In another sense, I'm merely visiting another country or immigrating. Now, some people visit other countries. They do it in the right way. Like Mr. Stearns, who we met before a few episodes ago. He became a citizen, uh, purchased property. Um, well, others come to take over. Now, I'm not excusing Mr. Stearns. Mr. Stearns, in many ways, was uh, someone who came to a country only to profit from it. But we're going to meet some people that I think I would classify as early scouts in a imperialist colonizing invasion. Um, But these people obviously didn't think of themselves this way. Uh, These people are obviously in their own historical context. And these people ultimately are humans. And so let's meet them first as humans. So today we're going to meet Jedediah Smith. Like many of the explorers that we've met, he comes from the Northeast, in this case, New York. His father had a general store there, but the family had to move when he got caught up in a counterfeit scandal. They relocated to Erie, Pennsylvania. Erie, Pennsylvania was a town for traders, shipbuilding, and fishing, as it was located on the south shore of Lake Erie. The name of the town and the lake come from the Erie Native American group, uh, who are a subset of the Iroquois people. The name literally means long tail. 
This time that he was there, though, precedes the building of the canal, which would come later in 1817, which connected the Hudson River to Lake Erie, and effectively connecting it to the Atlantic. For Smith, spending his formative years around traders returning back from the West uh, and hearing their stories likely led him to wonder what about what was like beyond his small Pennsylvania world. One story uh, that he heard um, was given to him in the form of a book uh, by a family do a doctor family friend, and it was a copy, in fact, of Lewis and Clark's 1804 to 1806 trip to the Pacific. So hearing these early, the tales from the explorers that he met and the traders that he met in his town, um, and as well as reading that book, ultimately led Jed, that's what we'll call him from here on, Jed to be inspired uh, to go west himself. I want to take a brief pause here to talk, though, about the word frontier. Uh, frontier comes from the French word for the borderland between countries. It's actually a word that literally means the front of an army. So the word has a military origin, but the word also suggests a bit of vagueness or fuzziness that the term border does not suggest. But if we remember from the last podcast, in fact, much of the land that they were exploring was not a frontier. It's not fuzzy. It is clearly the land of another country. Thus, I don't particularly like the term frontier. Using the word frontier serves to further mythologize the history of the United States. I prefer to use the more neutral term west. The west captures more of where it is and has less to do with ownership borders and boundaries. Now Smith had a pretty exciting introduction to his years as an explorer of the west. He joined up with a fur trapping outfit. Um, particularly Beaver, and his first expedition was quite an adventure. He took a boat called Enterprise, with a Z, not an S, and they traveled up the Missouri River for three weeks before it sank. Note that we are going west up the Missouri River, which means they were going against the flow of the river. They were on what's called a keel boat, which is essentially a supply boat that is pushed by long poles, if it's going against the flow, uh, from the boat to the bottom of the river, or is literally pulled by ropes along the shore. I think sometimes um, when we're talking about how horrible the world is, and admittedly there's a lot going poorly in our world right now, um, we occasionally forget about how far we've come. Um, for example, last night my partner uh, was watching this dumb comedy on Netflix called Due Date. Uh, I was working on my crossword and kind of kept looking up, you know, as a funny scene would uh, transpire. Anyway, so this point of the, the movie is about uh, a character played by Robert Downey Jr., um, who is forced to drive with a character played by Zach Galifianakis across the country after a misunderstanding on a plane landed him on the no-fly list. The fact that there are multiple options to get across a country in less than a week would astound anyone 150 years ago. Um, if you're interested in topics like this and thinking about innovation and how the world has maybe gotten a little better, I would suggest some of uh, Matt Ridley's books, uh, particularly his newest book on innovation, which is quite good. Anyway, let's get back to Jed. They got a new boat and continued up the river, um, and that's 
beginning to Jed's adventures as a trapper would be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Emblematic or an omen for things to come. Uh, so there's a few incidents early in his life uh, before he reached California that are worth mentioning here. Uh, they tell you a little bit about the character of Jedediah Smith. Uh, the first was the Arikaras Massacre, or battle. Uh, it's called Massacre, even though it pales in comparison to many of the battles with Native Americans le that left far more Native Americans dead than this paltry number of than Americans. Anyway, essentially what happened was uh, Jed went with a group of other trappers to purchase some horses from a native tribe. And at first things were okay, but they quickly turned sour. It led to an all-out battle which left 12 of the trappers that went with Jed dead. And it's from this battle that he gained his reputation for bravery and being the first one into a fight. The other thing that contributed to his reputation was his run-in with a grizzly bear in South Dakota. This particular bear noticed him from the other side of a thicket and, and charged him and nearly mauled Smith to death. The bear, in fact, tackled him to the ground and immediately broke his ribs. And even though Smith fought the bear, the bear was far too strong. The bear tore his scalp partially off his head, ripping one of his ears off, and managed to get Smith's whole head in its mouth. The bear didn't kill him, though, uh, but basically left for him for dead. His men found him like this and were obviously mortified. He had one of them literally sew his scalp back onto his head. Allegedly, as, as the story goes, he was apparently back leading expeditions after only 10 days of rest. Now, this should give you a sense of who we're talking about here. Okay, let's get into his California expeditions. Pushed by the retreating beaver numbers, which was the basis of their business, Jed decided uh, to push further west, uh, initially to look for uh, a mystical river that didn't actually exist, um, but was ultimately driven by the Columbia River, which was in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so the first thing that they did was they moved down the Colorado River, which fortunately for them flowed in the direction that they were going. Uh, and they stopped off the river near a town today uh, called Needles, California, which is as painfully hot of a place as it sounds. My grandparents uh, lived in Bullhead City near there, uh, also another painfully hot sounding place. And I would spend my summers riding bikes around and avoiding rattlesnakes in 120 degree heat. Now, Smith hired some runaways along this trip from Spanish missions to guide them through the difficult Mojave Desert. Beautiful, but challenging. They made it through the desert and arrived in the San Bernardino Valley, an equally hot place. Smith and a compatriot rode horses to the San Gabriel Mission, where they were initially greeted warmly by the priests, but had their guns confiscated by the military. The priest in charge of the mission told Jed, that he would need to present himself uh, to the governor of Alta, California, Jose Marie Echeandia. Governor Echeandia was an important figure um, in the dismantling of the mission system. In 1826, the same year that Jed would arrive in California, he issued an emancipation proclamation, uh, essentially freeing all the native people who are working on the mission system. In addition, he supported the secularization law that would pass in 1833, which we'll talk about in an upcoming podcast. And for 
all intents and purposes, Echeandia was an effective governor of California. Now, understandably, given the U.S. tendencies and the tenuous treaty between them uh, and the existence of a general sense of manifest destiny and the land of Mexico standing in its way, Echeandia had a reasonable amount of fear of armed American trappers wandering around his state. He initially uh, had them arrested, uh, but then released after Smith promised to retrace his steps out of the country. Smith wanted to follow a path north to find the Columbia River, which was their initial destination. They were clearly quite a bit away off. Uh, but Eche and Dia put Smith on a boat um, to connect back with his men and then leave uh, California the way they came. Uh, so they put him on a boat in San Diego and dropped them off, uh, drop him off in San Pedro. After a two-week recuperation period, Smith and his men initially headed out of California the way they came in. But he decided to only follow the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law, and he veered north through the Central Valley of California. The party found its way to the King's River, which before it was dammed up in the 1940s, which is called the Pine Flat Dam, uh, the Kings River was a large river, um, and it was still fast. In fact, there was just a drowning last week that I read about in the newspaper. Anyway, they trapped uh, along the Kings River before making their way further north through the Central Valley. Uh, during this trip, they encountered hostile Native Americans, but continued to trap all the way up the Central Valley. Uh, this happened about February. The next thing they needed to do was to get out. They looked for different ways through the Sierras, um, but crossing those mountains is no cakewalk, particularly during wintertime when they're heavily impacted with snow. After a long trek along the Central Valley, Smith decided to take two men through the mountains and find a way through. He ultimately chose the area around Ebbets Pass. The pass is named for John Ebbets, who was a gold miner turned guide uh, in the 1840s and the early 1850s. Uh, he believed that the pass was the most suitable way for a railroad to go through the Sierra Nevadas. He had planned to survey and make uh, his observations public, uh, but was killed in a boat explosion in 1854. Yes, a boat explosion. Um, if there's anything you learn from history, it is that you truly can't predict what's going to happen next. Now, you would think that... All of these difficulties that Jedediah Smith encountered uh, would end his trips to California, but no. Because in fact, he left a group of men in the Central Valley and he needed to come back for them. Um, now the entrance back into California was not as welcoming as the last time. Uh, a native group along the Colorado River was looking for revenge after a clash with another group of white people. Um, and while crossing the river, a large portion of Jedediah Smith's a group of travelers were killed. Only about half of them survived. Uh, again, they headed north. Uh, again, they headed uh, to San Bernardino and then eventually to the San Gabriel Mission, uh, but they didn't stay long, uh, probably wanting to avoid being arrested again. Again, they headed north uh, to meet up with our group. Um, now, Smith wasn't able to uh, evade Echendia uh, for long, though. Again, uh, the governor of California had him arrested, and this time he had him post a bond, which I'm totally curious about what that would look like back then. The bond was for 30000 uh, of, of some kind of currency, which I don't know how it was posted, but it's in the record. 
Again, Smith promised to leave like he did last time and again broke his promise. Eventually, they would leave California as they found a path to the Columbia River. Now, Smith would only live for a few years after this. Um, he had a pretty short life. While leading a caravan in New Mexico, he disappeared looking for water and did not turn up. His party went on without him and later found a local trader with some of Smith's stuff. The trader primarily dealt with Native American groups in the area, and so it was construed that he was uh, killed by uh, the local Native uh, people in the area of New Mexico. There's been stories told about how that death happened and who he killed on his way out, but a lot of that is just mythologizing. Uh, we, no one knows what really happened. In the end, Smith is a fascinating figure and someone that, for the most part, like most of us, will be forgotten to history. Uh, but he is interesting in one particular way beyond just all the bear fights and being arrested twice in the same state for the same reason and lying to the governor of Alta California. Beyond all that, he is in some ways a symbol of Western expansion and the tendencies of U.S. policy. From violence to bravery to dishonesty to loyalty to his own men. The complex history of the country that bred him was embedded in him, and he lived his life accordingly. Thank you for listening to this episode of the History of California podcast. Until next time.